0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Madhouse Podcast. As always, I am your host, Mad Max, and welcome to the Batman series. This is We're going to break down the entire uh, cinematic uh, Batman experience. It's going to be a five-part series, all leading up with Chapter 5 being the uh, my overall review of the new Batman uh, movie that comes out this weekend. I know the special screenings coming out uh, and things like that um earlier this week however we're going to count it all down from chapter one this first chapter will be about the tim burton films uh batman and batman returns chapter two which will probably drop tomorrow we'll uh discuss uh the jill schumacher films uh batman forever and batman and robin chapter three will be the dark knight trilogy you know uh the christopher nolan christian bale batman series and then chapter four we will cover um Uh, Ben Affleck's portrayal as Batman in the DCEU, whether it's uh, Dawn of Justice, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, and uh, other interpretations of him uh, throughout the DCEU, including his small role in uh, Suicide Squad. And then, of course, Chapter 5 will be the overall review of the new 2022 Batman film. So. Be on the lookout for those episodes when they come out. However, let's go ahead and get things started with Chapter 1. And we're going to be talking about the Tim Burton Batman film. Uh, Tim Burton's Batman film, uh, the very first one, came out in 1989. It stars Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, uh, Billy D. Williams, and um, Kim Basinger, or Basinger, however you want to say it. And this is basically the typical... Batman a uh, uh, it was something different you know it uh well I, I don't want to say it was something different because at the time back in 1989 there had not been a Batman uh live action film there had been the the original uh show of the 1960s with Adam West and Burt Ward and uh things like that and I believe there was a uh Batman live action film up at that point but it was relatively like maybe three or four ep- it was a glorified Episode, uh, you know, an hour and a half episode of the old television show. This was a, a much more faithful adaptation to the Batman character. Uh, Michael Keaton plays uh, the uh, billionaire uh, philanthropist known as Bruce Wayne. Jack Nicholson plays Jack Napier, who later on becomes the Joker. Uh, Ken Basinger plays uh, Vicky Vale. And of course, Billy Dee Williams plays um, uh, Harvey Dent uh in this film it's the or, it's not necessarily an origin story it's more so um it's more so basically a setup in what is what is now known as the Burton Batman series um because you don't they don't really hit you over the head with the origin of Batman you know his parents are killed in crime alley by a random person and things like that and it's basically about how this Batman Uh, Jack Napier, played by Nicholson, becomes this much, much more evil man in the form of the Joker. He has the—it's basically the origin of the Joker. Basically, he's dropped into a vat of chemicals, becomes the supervillain, and you know here you know here comes the movie. And um, I think what this movie did was pay, was pay homage to a lot of the the origin of the of the comic books of the nineteen thirties and forties where, you know, Batman's first encounter with a Joker and things like that. Um, Everything about that first film, you know, screams comic book come to life. It's got a psychological thriller type feel to it. It's a great performance from both Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton. The marketing behind that movie was really good. Now, me personally, I didn't see this movie in the theater because I wasn't born yet. So, this movie does... I mean, to this day, it still holds up. It's great. It's got tremendous amounts of action. There's a lot of great moments of of uh, of the acting is there. I mean, Jack Nicholson steals the show. Uh, Michael Keaton does hold his own as both Bruce Wayne and Batman, and a lot of it does have... Um, it has an amazing rewatch value and things like that. There's really not too much to say about it, too many bad things to say about it. I think one of the reasons... Th- to be honest, my only the only con i can say about this movie is the 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 different tone the shift in tone from the beginning to the end and if you've seen the behind the scenes of the making of the first batman film you know that there's a there was a writer strike during the um, during the production of the movie so when the guy who wrote the film you know had to go on strike and things like that they brought in somebody else to kind of finish the movie because if you pay attention, the, the movie does the the reveal, there's a reveal at, towards the end that it was indeed the Joker who murdered uh, Bruce Wayne's parents, which wasn't in the original script, however, you know, that all had to, um, that was all changed because of the new writing, the writer's point of view, um, the, and then the idea that Alfred brings Vicky Vale into the Batcave to kind of give away his identity, was also, you know, not in the original script and things like that, and to be honest, those are two major things in the film that really kind of bothered me, I didn't understand why they would have that in the movie, but, you know, like I said, if you've seen the the behind the scenes of the movie, you'll know that um, things didn't really go according to plan because of the simple fact of a writer's strike that went involved. know much similar to the issue with the TV show Heroes where it starts off pretty good but as the show progresses and as the movie progresses you realize you know something's changing in a way that doesn't really make sense Um, that's really the only thing I can say about this bad thing I can say about this film Billy Dee Williams who plays Harvey Dent is pretty good it was a little disappointing the fact that he does not get to go on and play two-face like he was supposed to do in the original comic book uh, but that's neither here nor there uh, there is a video on YouTube uh, it, it's called what t- uh, Tim Burton's Batman 3 where it, it definitely showed different aspects it had uh, it had um, Billy Dee Williams as Two-Face it had Robin Williams as the Riddler and it was essentially what was to become Batman forever and then they were going to set up something new and things like that it had Tim Burton stayed on the project but um that's that's a little unfortunate to see where they were gonna go with that that film was was a was a huge success it was great it had a great uh, had a great opening the marketing was good everything about that first batman film was really good it was firing on all cylinders you couldn't really stop it so it was only right that Tim Burton would come back with Michael Keaton and make another one so in 1992 Batman Returns had come out and the new characters, which were the iconic portrayal of Catwoman, played by Michelle Pfeiffer, and then of course Danny DeVito's portrayal of the Penguin, are all, you know, really kind of set the standard for what Tim Burton was trying to do in his and in his films. If you've seen a Tim Burton movie, you know his movies kind of have that gothic feel to it, and even if it's a normal movie, like, you know, besides movies like Edward Scissorhands and uh Sweeney Todd and movies like that, you know, some of the movies that he's done that are kinda normal, like Sleepy Hollow or uh or um or the Batman series does do kinda have a, like a, a little bit of a darker tone to it. And Batman was no Batman Returns was no different. Uh a lot of people felt that Batman Returns was much darker in tone and in uh and had had a darker vibe to it than it did than the first one did and a lot of people were a little bit turned off by it. You know when Danny DeVito does, there's there's a little bit of blood in it and there's black goo everywhere, which in my opinion didn't bother me. Now, at that time in 1992, I was maybe one year. I don't even know if I was one years old when that movie had come out. But watching the movie now with my kids and you know it is a little darker in tone. Like the 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 the, the, the bat the difference between Batman and Batman Returns, in my opinion, is the fact that Batman. The first Batman film felt like a Warner Brothers film. It really felt as if um, that was like a straight-up comic book film. To whereas Batman Returns, that felt more like a like a Tim Burton movie. You know, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit darker. It's a little bit twisted. You know, it's a little bit different. It 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 it, it borders. It matches more so a Tim Burton film. Out of all the Tim Burton films, the first Batman one kind of does feel a little bit out of touch because it's not as dark and gothic as the rest of his films are. You know, if you've seen a Tim Burton movie, you know, you know, his sense of, you know, filmmaking is is really up there. It sets him apart from everybody else. Um, Batman Returns, however, does feel like a Tim Burton movie, and I think that's why a lot of people were little bit disappointed with that second one. me personally i thought it was really good michelle pfeiffer was amazing as catwoman um danny devito i think knocks it out of the park as uh as the penguin even christopher walken who plays maxwell shrek was really good was really good and uh there was rumors that they wanted to include robin uh but tim burton said you know it's already kind of clouded as it is you know with all these characters in it already and things like that the chemistry between Michael Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer was really good I think it was much more so it was a much better chemistry than he had with uh, Kim Bassinger. but uh, that's that's a little bit different like Vicky Vale didn't really feel like a love interest the way Michelle Pfeiffer did the way Selena Kyle did you know this woman who this woman who's had this you know you know horrible accident done to her Batman kind of feels that way you know. Bruce Wayne feels for her in a way that nobody else really can like there's that moment where I think they're at the ballroom and they kind of they both pick up on their secret identities you know they both pick up the, you know she's the cat and he's the bat and it's great it's a great moment and things like that uh, Danny DeVito has great moments where when he's Oswald Coppapod where you genuinely feel sensitive towards him because he is looked at differently in a way that is more so... He's looked looked at more so as a freak because of his deformity to whereas, you know, because he is looked at that way, he wants to make sure that he's going to give everybody, the people of Gotham, a reason to look look at him that way. You know, it's a real kind of somber story. I don't want to say it's sympathetic because he still does dastardly things, because he's not really as sympathetic as they wanted him to be because, if anything, he's, you know, being manipulated by Christopher Walken's character and uh, things like that, who, in my opinion, I think Christopher Walken is more so the main villain of this movie than anybody else, you know, corrupt businessman who's just trying to take over Gotham, uh, much like uh, the, the John Daggett character in The Dark Knight Rises, but it's a little bit more played up for laughs than it is taken seriously but um that that second film the batman returns a lot of people were a little bit disappointed by it because it was so dark because it took a dark turn and tim burton who originally was gonna come back to do a third one like i said earlier billy Dee williams was gonna return as two-face and then robin williams was supposedly gonna play uh the Riddler, but Warner other decided they wanted to go in another direction and they kind of not necessarily kicked him to the curb but just basically said you know you go on and make your own movies as far as you know Batman is concerned we'll, we'll take it from here and then you know the third film in the Batman series was going to be directed and starring a brand new cast and it was going to be written by somebody else new director new actors new writers new everything and you know we'll get more into that that's gonna be chapter two, which is the joel Schumacher series, so we'll talk more about that um but anyways, guys, overall, Tim Burton's Batman films are the foundation of what batman of what of what comic book movies could be, both entertaining but yet still faithful to the comic books now. Richard Donner's Superman series, because I know he did Superman one and two, had come out in the late '70s, early '80s. To whereas this film came out in the late '80s, the late '80s, early '90s, and th- th- it was a, it definitely was a game changer because we had Superman, we had um, Superman was the only comic book character that we had you know on the big screen, and Warner Brothers decided that you know if we could work with Superman, why couldn't we work with Batman and things like that, and I mean it spawned everything, kind of came together you know at the turn of the, at the turn of the decade going into the nineties you know, it was really kind of coming into fruition that you know you could definitely make these i think in the early nineties as well the um the i think Batman the animated series had come out um I know the movie Mask of the phantasm had come out in ninety five but by then you know Joe Schumacher's films were already either in production or already at the movies at the time. But um the Tim Burton films really have stood the test of time as because they've kind of you can watch those movies now and yeah they're a little bit they're looked at a little bit kind of cheesy in some way, but they're not over the top cheesy like Jill Schumacher's are. And um they they're done in a way that is both nostalgic but also faithful to the comic book. You know, it's a stamp of approval. But when Michael Keaton being Batman was probably the best thing that ever happened to uh, Warner Brothers because he made it his own uh, his performance in Batman one was a little bit kind of you know a little bit of the of the of the, of the mysterious drifter you know almost like a Clint Eastwood film and then whereas the second one you know he kind of sees another person in Selena Kyle kind of going through the same thing he's uh, went through and it's like he doesn't want He doesn't want somebody else to go through what he went through, and, you know, he sees that with Selena Kyle, and, um, it's all, uh, it's all kind of reminiscent, you know, it would have been fantastic to see another, uh, Tim Burton, Michael Keaton film with what they had had, and then, as I said earlier, there's a YouTube video where a guy kind of goes in depth about everything that, uh, uh, that what could have been you know batman 3 or batman forever which i'm not sure what they would have called it uh but you know with tim burton and michael keaton at the helm and it's very interesting um uh but we have to make do with what we have and i believe tim burton's film as long as well as uh, uh the performances i mean they still hold up to this day i mean i think you know the great performances like heath ledger's joker is was definitely going to be compared to it and to be honest i don't think we've ever had uh anybody else playing the penguin i, I know colin farrow is supposed to play the penguin in the new 2022 batman film but you know that film hasn't come out yet so we don't know how that film is how that's going to be interpreted as to whereas halle berry had this catwoman solo film which was just god-awful and Hathaway plays the Catwoman in *The Dark Knight Rises*, but I'm gonna save that critique for that for that for that chapter of the series. So we'll get to that eventually. But uh, as of right now, man, I think Nicholson's performance really stands the test of time, as well as uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's as Catwoman. Danny DeVito was good, you know, but I think Danny DeVito's remains. You can't say it stands the test of time because we've never had anybody else play. The Penguin in any type of way. I know... I can't remember the guy's name. But the guy that played Oswald Coppelpot in the the, the TV show Gotham. That was a really good performance. However, you know, in the later series, it kind of started to dwindle down and become a little bit more of a joke. You didn't really want to take him too seriously. And then, you know, the whole, you know... Yeah, uh, you know what? I don't even want to get into it right now. I'll save that for another day. But um, uh, that's gonna do it for today's episode. Uh, be sure to like and like subscribe to the podcast on whatever outlet you got us on, whether it's Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google Play, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcast from. Be sure to hit the like and subscribe to the podcast. Be sure to follow the podcast on all social media outlets: the Madhouse Twenty One, Instagram, and Twitter. Once again, that is the Madhouse. 21 Instagram and Twitter. Tell me what you guys thought of the Batman series, uh, the, t- the two Tim Burton films that came out in 89 and 1992. Uh, what do you guys think of Michael Keaton overall? Is he the OG Batman? Does he stand the test of time? Is he the greatest on screen Batman? Who knows? Uh, just tell me what you guys think about it. Uh, be sure to be on the lookout for more episodes as they come out. Like I said, this is chapter one in a five part series. Part two, we we're going to cover the Joel Schumacher uh so that episode is probably going to drop tomorrow so uh we'll definitely be on the lookout for more episodes as they come out as well as films uh as um the new Batman is coming out there's quite a few films going into the into the month of March that are uh that are definitely going to be worth checking out but as far as the Batman goes uh the Batman is probably the most anticipated film of the year for me personally more so than the multiverse of madness more so than anything else that's coming out this year including like black adam and all these other films that are supposed to come out this year the batman has been my uh number one uh most anticipated film of 2022 uh since they announced it now it's getting closer and closer so hopefully it you know it stands test uh hopefully it, it does live up to the hype you know the expectation is really high because the trailers have do the character justice and bringing a new type of uh new type of of uh batman to the big screen uh but anyways guys be sure to follow the podcast be sure to be on the lookout for more episodes as they drop and of course as always embrace your inner madness